Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Heat Wave. 32 teams in 32 days. We are breaking down every single fantasy relevant player on each team for the upcoming season. Today, we are focusing on the Tennessee Titans. I'm your host, the fantasy plug, Tim Petropolis, editor-in-chief of BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Broto app. And I am joined by, by my brother, Michael, the king of this fantasy thing. Oh, he's there. Uh, I was like, where did he go? And lead fantasy analyst for Broto. If uh, We're on uh youtube.com slash brother fantasy if you want to if you want to see what we're talking about and of course matt ward the dynasty don himself the fantasy encyclopedia and lead writer at brodo uh he is lead writer 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 at brodo uh and all his work goes right on the app download the fantasy football by brodo app today for free and get every tool you need to become your own expert and dominate fantasy football every stat you hear us use today can be found on the app We've been doing this for a long time. We know what it takes to be an expert. We gave you all the tools to be an expert. Go, go be an expert. Be your own expert with fantasy player cards, fantasy player grades, usage charts, start sit tools, who to draft tool, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and advanced stats, including the exclusive statistics, true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yard, and true matchup rankings. This app is free. Because of our patrons over at patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy, a big thank you. You are the reason why the Broto machine keeps on pumping. Join now to support the show, the app, and join the best community in the world for as little as $3 a month. You get extras like an extra show every week, access to the Broto Leagues, the most unique fantasy leagues in the world, proven DFS cash game optimizers, access to cheat sheets, private team consultations, and, of course, access to the greatest community ever created, not just in fantasy, but in the world, the Broto community on the Discord. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy the app, please consider joining your contributions. Go a long, long way. Today, we are jumping into the Titans. Their head coach offense uh, is Mike Vrabel. He's entering his fifth season as head coach and has never finished under 500. Their offensive coordinator is Todd Downing. This is his second season taking over after Arthur Smith ran the ball 51% of the time last year, the second most in the NFL, despite Derrick Henry's injury. So we know where this offense lives. It lives on the running game and it lives on the play action pass with one of the best play action passers uh, of our generation. Ryan Tannehill. Last season, they were 15th in the NFL in scoring offense. Uh, their ads, wide receiver Robert Woods, the ice cream sandwich himself. I got to say, this is like the old Broto team coming together right now. And tight end Austin Hooper. The rookies, they they add Traylon Burks in the first round after they trade A.J. Brown. Their losses, wide receiver A.J. Brown, wide receiver Julio Julio Jones, uh, running back Darrington <laughs> Evans, tight end Anthony Ferkser, and running back Deonta Foreman. They have, um, they still have the, the the true value king though, QB Ryan Tannehill. Uh, honestly, the thing that made Brodo as popular as it is was Ryan Tannehill. We invented this stat called true throw value that that properly measured how much a throw is worth from a quarterback. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was shady, one of the best quarterbacks in the league uh, the year before. He signed with the Titans. Jason boldly ranked 
Ryan Tannehill ahead of Marcus Mariota based solely on this stat and predicted that he would take the job and then excel when he got the job. That's exactly what happened. We rode the wave of Ryan Tannehill, but last year he did struggle. Uh, he struggled in the playoffs, which made people very sour on him, first of all. Second of all, without Derrick Henry, he was not the same guy. So there is something to be said about that. So how are we feeling about the true value king, Ryan Tannehill, without now his number one weapon, A.J. Brown? That's a perfect segue because, yeah, he's kind of a true value jester these days. He ranks Ooh. 29th in true throw value in 2021 and ended with a D-minus composite fantasy grade, two things that you can both find on the app. Uh, he only threw 3,734 yards with 22 touchdowns, so a drop-off from both seasons, touchdown efficiency, scoring efficiency way down. And I think that's where, as an even as an analytics guy, you try to ignore – uh, narrative-based kind of analysis, but I think that's where the biggest narrative of the run game improves the pa improves the passing game rather um, really came into play because even though on a like efficiency basis their running backs individually were still very effective, uh, defenses could play much differently against that run without Derrick Henry in the box. So it certainly affected them knowing that Ryan Tannehill's play actions didn't hold the same weight. Um, so they were able to play back a little more and kind of shut down his throw value, his ability to actually work deep. Um, but something that Ryan Tannehill does do incredibly well that he's super underrated for is his ability to rush. Uh, 270 rushing yards, but seven rushing touchdowns. Um, second amongst all quarterbacks, he is a phenomenal like inside the five yard line goal line back and the he's finger always going to get you. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Tanny um, he's always going to get good rushing production. So his floor is actually a little higher than people give him credit for um, when you talk about leaning on just pure passers. And we've seen him dominate true throw value for so many years, even in Miami that last season that, you know, essentially opened up the door for true throw value being such an effective stat that I do expect positive regression, but no AJ Brown um, is going to affect things. I think more than people realize because I'm not as high on trail on Burke as consensus. So let's go to wide receivers because I feel like this is going to lead into a nice wide receiver conversation. We'll get to running backs later because the running backs basically is Derek. Yeah. Draft Derek Henry. Um, so wide receivers, Look, there's some parallels here. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say it's exact, but I will say this. Let's rewind a couple years ago to the Vikings, right? What did you have? What did you have, right? You had a number 1 pick who is was taking the place of the franchise alpha wide receiver, homegrown alpha wide receiver. Not only that, was with the pick that they used that they acquired for him, right? Both guys they're both playing opposite of a really crafty veteran who guys are 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 counting out because they're older. Adam Thielen on the other side, Robert Woods just turned 30, the ice cream sandwich himself. Oh, I thought you were talking like Tannehill and Cousins cuz that, that was a pretty similar comparison to me. I'm, as well. That's where I'm going next, right? Last year Kirk Cousins second in true throw value consistently underrated one of the most valuable balls in the league and now ryan Tannehill, consistently underrated one of the more valuable balls in the league i'm on this rant and i forgot to put myself in the big screen and now i got my phone I, I, what am i doing what am i doing here i'm not miss cass but listen for real though we all do for real though 
That's one of the options for Traylon Burks. I think that one of the options for Traylon Burks is to be completely fantastic because he has the role. Now it's up to Traylon. And we, look, we all read Matt's articles. And if you haven't read Matt's articles yet, go read Matt's articles. And when he talked about, is it just news or noise that Traylon Burks is getting uh, all this buzz in camp about he's out of shape and all this stuff. He was on the fence. But he also mentioned in the article that, hey, this don't get so down on this guy and trade him like like and get scared because of one training camp report. And I think a lot of people are scared off because of this one training camp report. Back in the day, it used to be guys would be fat as hell in the offseason. Then they'd come and get training camp to to lose weight and get in shape. The Leonard Fournette diet. Right. It's not like it anymore. It's not, but yo, Leonard no, Fournette for in the next month is going to drop 20 pounds and have a six pack and he, everyone's going to forget that that ever happened. So I, I, he's a rookie. So you like to see him be a little more prepared. But with that being said, I think Traylon Burks has a chance here. Um, I, Robert Woods, the injury history scares me, but, um, look, we, you know, we like Robert Woods around here and he's a good fit for this team in terms of leadership and in terms of be, what he's able to do. So how are we feeling? I've just went on a rant. How are we feeling about the wide receivers this year? I mean, I'm, I feel better about Robert Woods at cost than I do about Traylon Burks, although their ADP is only separated by uh, 11 spots. Um, wide receiver 33 for Burks, wide receiver 44 for Woods. But I feel better about Woods outperforming a wide receiver four uh, tier ADP than Burks outperforming a wide receiver three tier ADP. Um, for, part of the reason is even with Cooper Cup getting this ridiculous target share last season. Robert Wood still maintained a 21.2% target share when he was healthy, 15.2 points per game, which was 16th. Now, he did perform below his true target value, which was 5th, 5.3. But Stafford was just on fire. I mean, every target he delivered was incredibly valuable. So that's not like a massive drop-off that I'm overly concerned with. Uh, He still still was getting over two yards um, of separation per target. So Woods is still incredibly effective. And Traylon Burks is just not what we thought. That's all I'm going to say, really. He's just not what we thought. We expected that frame and that guy to come out and run a 4-4 and jump out of the building because that's what he was touted for. And you watch his film and it was athleticism, athleticism, athleticism because he has trouble separating. And he played a Debo Samuel-esque role in Arkansas, meaning like all of his routes were screens and slants and took took um, jet sweeps out of the backfield and just wasn't a great down the field target, but got downfield because of his incredible athleticism. And then you come and watch him test and he just does below average and, and quite mediocre. Um, his comps round out to Nikhil Harry, Des Bryant, Demarius Thomas, Jordan Matthews, Alshon Jeffrey. So like some good and some really bad and seeing Harry at the top comp of that list it was a very similar thing where Harry was this incredible athletic specimen that played, you know, kind of a weaker schedule when he broke out in the Pac-12 um, and, and tested well athletically, better than <laughs> Traylon did, but had trouble separating and had troubles getting the nuances of the position. We just watched him faceplant when he got to the NFL. So I, I do think that Traylon's ceiling is incredibly high, but man, I don't feel super good about the kid. Like, not not in this offense, not with a healthy Derrick Henry. Yeah, 
in his Chandler first Burks year. And, like, like you mentioned, the, the ADPs, wide receiver 33 for Burks, wide receiver 44 for Woods. I think both have a pretty decent shot at uh, matching that ADP, but I, I definitely put the money on the ice cream sandwich, Robert Woods. Like you said, 16th in points per game last year, even though he uh, people forget because he got injured early um, that he was that successful even in a – in an injury shortened year. And then the Traylon Burks, Traylon Burks is a toss up because I think the, uh, the rookie wide receivers of late, the Justin Jefferson's, the Jamar chases they're they're giving people unrealistic expectations. Um, there are rookie wide receivers that don't just automatically ball out once they reach the NFL level. Um, and I think wide receiver 33 for Burks is a little, is a little bit pricey for, um, for where he's going in drafts. I, I think, I definitely prefer Robert Woods at the moment, but I mean, it's a long way to go. We'll see. Maybe he, he ends up having a great camp, a great preseason and his uh, stock um, increases. But as of now, I do think he's a little bit overpriced. Let's talk about Austin Hooper. Cause Austin Hooper is one of my sleeper. Like I love this guy. I think people are forgetting because he was so misused as a, as a receiver with the Browns. I, I feel like people are forgetting what he's capable of since 2010, only eight tight ends have put up at least 298 receptions, 3000 yards and 20 touchdowns in their first 88 games, which is how many uh, Hooper has played. And I was a little nice because he has like, he has 3,100 yards and 23 touchdowns. So some of these guys would have been off the list. If I made his baseline, the baseline, their names, Gronk, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Jimmy Graham, Zach Ertz, Jordan Reed, Eric Ebron, Austin Hooper. That's it. Those are the that's eight tight ends company. that have had this elite company. That's elite. And people are forgetting that Austin <laughs> Hooper was an elite production producing tight end. Bless you, Michael. An elite producing tight end at the tight end position for years. And now he wasn't used. Now he has a chance at a resurgence. This is a team that is has questionable wide receivers, and Tennessee always gets their tight ends involved. It's part of the offense. You saw it with Delaney Walker years back. You saw it with a bunch of guys. Uh, John constant, Ferkser right, even had John some Smith, like yeah. Ferkser, Jeff like, Swaim last year. Jeff, Sw- yeah, a bunch yeah, of like guys. People were and, like drafting Ferkser last year, like excited about it because I was one of them. You're saying. I was one of them. I fell into the trap. And I mean, I'm not, I'm falling again because I think Austin Hooper, I believe in his talent. I I think he's a really talented dude. And I think that you don't put up those numbers by accident and he's going to have a chance. And I think that he's a great late round tight end. I think he's one of those guys that you draft him late. You don't expect much. And then he becomes your weekly tight end where you're not, you're not banking on huge tight end weeks, but this guy's like, uh, he can be a consistent tight end five, six, I think uh, is his, is his ceiling. And so I don't know. I, I I don't think that he's being properly rated around right now. And I, I, I'm going a little too hard because if I had to draft him before like the 15th round, I probably would pass on him. But as a as a as a, as a like as a late pick, like he's a great tight end pick, a tight end sleeper pick that you can get very, very late and it could pay off. Yeah, the, the AFC South is just like the sleeper tight end division. There's so many high upside tight ends from you know, all four of the teams, really. Um, I, I do like Hooper this year. Um, he actually, speaking of sleeper tight ends in AFC South, he's probably my favorite option of them. So I, I do think that Hooper can well outperform ADP. Um, he And he's somebody, that, again, like people do really forget 
how good that kid and he was young and still is, especially when it comes to tight end breakouts, but how good that kid was in Atlanta. Um, he's got a connection with Ryan Tannehill as far as the, the beats go. And I know we don't like to get too narrative based and into off season news, but certainly you like to see him function immediately. Like they're not going to speak negatively about him, but knowing what he can do and that they've, you know, established some sort of rapport already is certainly um, exciting for his, for his upside. I, I legitimately think like 70 catches and, or let's even go a little lower, like 60 catches for 600 yards is, is certainly not out of the realm of possibilities. And we know tight ends are very reliant on touchdown for high end scoring, but add whatever touchdowns you want to that total. And that's probably right around Austin ceilings or Austin Hooper's median range of outcomes rather than his ceiling. Yeah. I definitely think his ADP has bottomed out a little bit too much. Um, looking at the receiving weapons too. I mean, Robert Woods, we were just talking about a lot, but he, um, He's Coming dealing off with an injury. injury. Yeah. 30 years and, old, too. 30 years old this year. And, and Traylon I do think Books Traylon's a bigger a question mark. Yeah, he's a bigger question mark than people realize. And speaking of, sorry, Mike, I'm not trying to cut you off, but like to piggyback on what you did say earlier is the treat that we've had from those two LSU wide receivers. <laughs> um, a really good rookie season is actually what Devontae Smith put up. Like that's a really good rookie season. And because of Chase and because of Waddle being peppered with a 92 a dot 142 target season um people forget that what Devonte smith did is actually where you go that's impressive 900 yards 60 catches so like that is Traylon burke's yeah. absolute ceiling in my opinion hmm. and that's going to get you what did uh Devontae finished wide receiver 27 lower somewhere around there i think yeah around 30 yeah. ish yeah mm-hmm. so let's get into the running back derrick henry finally uh, does your does ah. the does the injury scare you at all? Because if not, he's a beast. Yeah, Derrick Henry, the king, dude. Just to recap for people who like maybe aren't in the know of about Derrick Henry, um, his first two seasons he like hardly played. What was Tennessee thinking? They were playing behind Demarco Murray, Demarco and Murray, Dion Lewis. Remember Dion Lewis? Like uh, they had a picture together of like Demonte this. Murray. <laughs> yeah. In 2018, when he started playing more, 215 carries, 1,059 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns. Was the RB22 in points per game. In uh, 2019, 1,540 yards, 16 touchdowns. Was the RB7. Some people thought, you know, that's... Can he really top that? And then in 2020, this guy ran for 2,078 yards and 17 touchdowns. Was the RB3 in points per game. Oh, could he really top that? And then 2021, before he got injured, 937 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns in eight games was the RB1 in points per game. And this is PPR scoring for a guy who does not catch passes. Now, as you mentioned to him, he's entering the 2022 season as the RB4 in ADP um, as a first-round pick, of course. Fully healthy, apparently. Um, the issue is he's now 27, 1,400 career games, uh, excuse me, carries. Um, so a lot of tread on those tires. And this is the first time he dealt with a legit injury in his football career. Not super surprising that his foot gave out carrying that monster of a human um, running over everybody. He's probably the hardest player to tackle in all of the NFL. The thing is with Derrick Henry in PPR drafts, um, I never draft Derrick Henry. Like Derrick Henry is a player I don't think I've ever drafted for better or for worse. Um, I just I want guys with more pass catching appeal, but some people like the like Derrick Henry. Um, some people like 
Some people like yeah. 40 fantasy points a game. Yeah, some people like <laughs> Somebody like Derrick Henry the way yeah, that some is. Into it is. Mike. No, uh, no fault for you there. He's just not a guy I've ever targeted. But if you want to draft him in the first round, I'm not going to blame you. But I am, I'm not going to lie to you, a little bit scared that he finally got hurt last season and it was a foot injury. Obviously, he relies on his feet as a running back um, and he's getting older, more tread on his tires. A little concerning, although he he does have a bit more time to go before he reaches carries of guys like Zeke and in that area because he didn't really run much in his first two seasons, which is still bananas to me. But all right, I mean, speaking of bananas, I'm uh, sorry, Matt. Oh, do, you, do you want to say something before we get into these bold? Uh, yeah, no, it's just it, it's just that it's the, the usage, man. The usage is concerning to me. 378 rushing attempts in 2021, which I do think had a big play into the health. Like we just have never seen a running back be able to maintain that workload from year to year. And it was higher. Um, before the injury, he had 191 carries b- before the injury, 27.3 rush attempts per game, by far the highest. Crazy. So, yeah. yeah. So like the usage is re- even, you know, Mike, Mike's right. Uh, uh, an elongated career tread because of the, you know, early season or the early career rather um, not being u- utilized very much, but to have like essentially close that gap by 500 <laughs> carries in just two seasons. That's yeah concerning and i mean not just two seasons but what we call it yeah 24 games <laughs> and then lastly tim before bold predictions hassan mm-hmm. haskins hassan haskins rb70 i like him as a handcuff and in best ball league same type of mold as derrick henry i agree and with him i'm glad if derrick henry it. goes down he'll be a he'll certainly be a useful asset philip Lindsay on the eh. colts philip Lindsay. i'm just uh i just i just want to put this out there yeah, he is on the Colts. I'm, I, damn, I, you know, we just did the Colts, and I was waiting for my Philip Lindsay, and I never happened. Oh yeah, now, plug, and you never, it never happened. And I never get. Yo, Philip Lindsay, if you look at his first few years of his career, super, he's kind of like in really rare air about like yeah. how much production he had in his first few years of his career as a UDFA. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. Bold predictions, Michael. You're up first. I'll go Robert Woods, top twenty-four in points per game. That is not bold. He's I mean, he's wide receiver, wide receiver 44. 44. That's pretty right, bold. Fine. All right, all right, fine. Bold. <laughs> 20 right, spots. Matt, Matt you're up. <laughs> that is pretty. I mean, that, that is. Mike, Mike sometimes is a little conservative on his bold predictions, but I think that one actually <laughs> suffices, man. That, that is you, a man. 20 spot ADP <laughs> jump. Like, that fine. would essentially be like seven rounds ahead, right? So, um, ah, man, this one hurts, but I kind of prefaced it i i don't think henry can uphold this type of workload so i'm gonna have to say outside of the top 15 running backs and points per game oh damn that or be, maybe that you know be what because it's i'm not no, no, predicting no. an don't injury or back. anything that's why don't i have to back. no no but, that, but that's why i have to say points per game because i'm not predicting an injury for him and if he is healthy i that's probably not going to happen but that's why it's bold <laughs> that is why it's bold you're a bold man um I'm so bold. I'm doing two bold predictions. Hey, yo. My first bold prediction is that Austin Hooper ends as a top 10 tight end. I'm going to say top Oof. eight even. All right. Oh. My second bold prediction is that Traylon Burks is good. I don't really have a, 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 like a <laughs> specific number in mind, but since I'm making yeah. two, since I'm doing two, like I'm just going to say he's good. I, I, that, that's, I just want to put that out there. I want to, no, I, mean, I want to I mean, give man, good man, juju a- to Traylon Burks. Like, I think you're going to be good, Traylon. Breaking news. First round pick turns out good. good. 
Yeah. I, whatever that means. But I'm making two, so I'm taking my liberties. Um, Michael, where can they find you? At Broto FF Mike. Matt. At Psychward FF everywhere. At, at Broto FF Tim on Twitter. At Broto Fantasy at FF by Broto for the app and anything you need. At Broto FF Jason and at Broto FF Casanova. That is it for the AFC North. Uh, I'm sorry, South. South. The AFC North is not coming at you next. If you've been following the order, you might believe that it is coming at you next. But we're waiting on the Deshaun Jackson news. As of this moment, we... Deshaun Watson. Deshaun... Hold on. You say Deshaun Watson. I want to know where Deshaun Jackson is landing. Yo, if he lands in Cleveland, that would be It's over. All right. Uh, So we're going to wait on the Deshaun Watson move. And, man, I got to get... Like, sometimes I I just start talking... And I'm in such a I don't think about the little things that I'm saying. I wonder how many times like that I do words. that. Like <laughs> I wonder how many times I do that in real life and I don't get called out by my brothers and people are just confused about what I'm saying. Fairly um, often, I'd say. <laughs> um <laughs> where was I? Oh yeah, we don't know what's going on with Deshaun. So we're gonna stay away from the AFC uh South for now and we'll probably North, bro. Holy! I'm going, yo! It's 11:06. All right, and I'm a father now. It's past Eastern my bedtime. Time. With that, with that being said, I'm ending this broadcast later. Later. NFC East next. The, the division with the Giants in it. The New York. That one. The New York 